and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Welcome to my independence report. By the way, Eric, I've, yes. I've, changed, I've changed the opening a little bit, and I've got um, I've, I've put the the pictures up of uh, Coriel and Natasha, who have who I I have on a regular basis who do their own show. I need a picture of you, sir. Oh, brave man! Thank you. Okay, <laughs> sure. This is turning into one of my most favorite uh, uh, segments of the week. So I really oh. enjoy the opportunity to talk to you. Thank, well, thank you. you. It's my favorite hour of the week as well. And uh, I will find a, a picture for this. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm jacked. I'm, I'm all, all at Twitter, a Twitter, a Twitter, a something or other. Do you know why? Why, why is that? Cause I got to get up at six o'clock this morning. And uh, I, I was able to do an interview with a young singer-songwriter from um, uh, Sweden who is, and you, you listen to her, she is just something. Oh, man, she is phenomenal. The FIA, right? Yeah, a FIA, or, uh, FIA. FIA. F yes, F-A-I, FIA. F-F-A-I. She is gorgeous. And what a stunning face and talent. I love her lyrics, man. That woman's to say, and the way she sees them will just carry you some everywhere. She you know, wow. Well, I got to tell you the 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 most interesting thing about her. And by the way, right now, not to pull away from this broadcast, but you actually you don't have to because it's on it's on tape on YouTube now. You can go listen to that complete interview. Shortly, it'll be on uh, podcast Podbean as well. And you'll be able to listen to the audio there and uh, and the video on uh, YouTube. But uh, um, I mentioned to her that uh, uh, her voice and her talent was was really was exceptional. And you know you know what was really interesting too was that um, she's done three albums now. You know how she funded them? How she what? How she funded them? Paid for? How? How? By GoFundMe pages. No kidding. She has enough people that value her work and really believe in it that they, she went and put up a GoFundMe page and, and they funded it to the tune of like four or $5,000. Um, and that's wonderful. And so, Why? yeah, because they, she had, She'd started out by just doing, you know, uh, her work in small rooms and and in small gatherings and stuff, and it's just grown and grown. And then, of course, of course, COVID hit, and so she hasn't been able to do anything. But she is doing, and here's a shameless pro plug, just because I can. She is doing a uh, a concert, uh, a free concert this Friday night at eight, eight o'clock, and uh, you can. That's go, Swedish time, right? That's Swedish time, so it'd be eleven a.m. Pacific time. So she, so somebody can go there, go to her website, which her her name is uh, Fia, and just type in F O S S and it'll come up. I promise. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
brilliant woman. I mean, that's taking advantage of the current situation. You yeah. know, that's, that's kind of the way things have to be now. It is. It is. And she's got over, get this, she's got over a thousand people that have uh, uh, RSVP. <sighs> To her deal on. I mean, this, this, this. I keep saying this child. She's twenty six years old, so she's a she's a card carrying adult. But she's, you know, to, I. Damn it, Eric! To be that talented, to have her heads on that straight at twenty six is not fair. Oh, I won't be twenty six. She's got it all, and I hope she gets it all from this too. Oh, she will. She deserves uh, the world. She just what, deserves the world. More importantly, what what she deserves of the world, the deser- the world deserves her and needs her, because Dude. her her motivation, her singing, her style, the lyrics, it's all it, it all comes together and in, in, is. You know what you told me? Just and I don't know if you how much you believe in this stuff or not, but I'm just going to say it anyway. She, I That's said, right. well, what is your songwriting? like what do you do is it is it lyrics first is it song first because you listen to people like mccartney and he generally comes up with the song first and then uh and then he'll fit take lyrics to fit into the song elton john comes up with the song first because he can't write no lyrics so he has to wait for uh, bernie taupin to bring him the lyrics and then he writes the song so you know everybody's got their own processes hers is she sits in front she's got a little table and a little um uh, we should put candles and stuff she would call it an altar she sits by that and she and this is exactly what she said she said i sit by that i open my thoughts i open my mind and uh, the music starts flowing into my brain and then it goes to my hand and i write it down oh man so that's pretty cool <laughs> It's like it's it's like she's got she's got the uh, uh, other side and her guides and and people like um, um, uh, Elvis Presley and and John Lennon on speed dial. Oh man! So she's like a medium. It, she doesn't claim to be, nor does she. She claims to be intuitive, which she is clearly. Yeah, clearly. But she doesn't claim to be psychic per se, because that's not her shtick. That's not what she wants to be known as. But yeah. she, she is quite insightful and and very. Um, um, she can she can pull stuff from the other side because I believe honestly that that's where that's why we love music so much. It reminds us of home. It reminds us of the other side. That's that's my humble opinion. But that's, that's just an me. interesting. That's an interesting take on things. That's an interesting well, take on things. Well, yeah, because music. If you think about music, um. It, it can make you feel good. It can make you feel bad. It, it has the ability to have the entire range of motion or range of emotions in, in your head. It can make you feel better. It can, it can, it can cause your day to go a lot. You know, it's just, it is something that the, about music, the vibration of it. I, I'm not sure what, but it's, it really is. If, as you can, as you can tell, it's got me going today. So I'm, yeah. I'm awake. I'm awake. Well, musicians always talk about it. And Linda Ronstadt, that gentleman from New Orleans, that uh, the uh, the brothers. Uh, well, you talked to even Dean Sudakawa, the great uh, jazz musician, great jazz pianist, that just passed away last week. They would talk about the healing qualities of music. Yeah, it is a medicine. 
it is a medicine. It's its own language. It's its own process. It's an, and it's a language we, we don't fully understand. We all fully it in our own way. No, and we, we can share it, but we just don't all understand it in our own way. And I think you're very right to think this because we get in touch with in our mother's womb. We listen to our heartbeat and we're aware of the sounds around us. You know, that's why there have been studies about, you know, let your child listen to music. So people put classical music on their bellies. You know, I want my child to hear Brahms. I want my child to hear the Beatles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it has these positive effects because they know that kids are exposed to music at an early age, uh, whether they're just exposed to it and listen to it intelligently or learn to play it or uh, participate with it, grow up uh, being more, uh, dare I say, intelligent or actively in the world. So there is something very powerful about it that we don't have the full grasp of what it is. But we do indeed have it. And animals share this as well, because I know you've seen the videos about musicians uh, playing for elephants or for cows, you know, and these creatures approaching them and absolutely mesmerized by what they're doing. You know, they it's say, a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. They, I, I mean, they say that cows are, are so comforted, dairy cows, is that they play music for them because they seem to produce more milk. See, isn't um, that interesting? It is interesting. It, it the whole con well, it's it's like I was telling uh, Fia today um, when we were talking about that songwriting stuff. I said I believe it's from the other side. It's from on high. It's from God because uh, Paul McCartney woke up with the song yesterday in his head. Yeah, I heard that. He had no earthly idea where it came from. He he, uh, uh, it came to him completely, and he didn't forget it because he had dreamed it. And so he went to uh, several people to ask, you know, he went to uh, um, John and he went to uh, um, um, what's his name? The uh, sir, the uh, producer. God, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. And he went to a lot of those folks and they and they said, uh, nope, haven't heard that before. That must be yours. So he took he owned it after a couple of weeks. But um, originally it was green. It was it was uh, scrambled eggs and ham was the name of the, t the thing because he hadn't developed any lyrics for it. So he and John sat down and wrote some lyrics and that became Scrambled eggs and ham. <laughs> yeah. Seems he so can, far away. Yeah, Want some ketchup to play. <laughs> some salt and pepper too. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about this in that, in that line of thinking. Why don't you write lyrics for someone? Oh, you know, I tried once. A buddy of mine approached me about a year now that is a musician, and his son is a gifted musician. And he said, you should write some lyrics for me. So I tried and failed miserably. And I think it's, my process is similar to Fia's in the way that uh, I have uh, control over it. Uh -huh. I really don't have control over it. I'll, I'll sit and I'll write, like today I wrote a piece and I had no idea what I was going to But I decided I was in the mood to write. Well, I was in the mood to write. So I sat down, opened up my computer, and there was a blank uh, space to write on. And uh, with the title, as I normally do, and I just filled in the blanks. And about uh, four minutes later, I was done. And that's my process. And if I have to plan something that I come up with a phrase 
and it has to sound like a lyric where there's some rhyming involved and then you repeat it uh, so it fits the same amount of space you know a hint of uh, continuation of the story and chorus i just i don't have the i just don't my i just don't work like that i wish i did because i would feel like a more complete uh writer if if i did i just don't i just don't have it well, you wouldn't be a bus driver anymore. I can tell you that because if you could, if you could figure out how to how to do the lyrics and and stuff, uh, because you write you write so beautifully. So it's just a matter of of doing you know putting that together and putting the lyrics together. But are, can you can you share with us with your listening public what you wrote today? Sure. You know, in fact, uh, my friend Paulette uh, suggested that I do that. So oh, good. is Paulette listening? I, I believe she is. She said she was going to. So I hope she, she can. Hi, Paulette, if you're listening. She's turning in. It's so nice to so nice that she does that. She's a wonderful lady. Now so, if she if she wants to, Paulette, just so you know, you can go to where comments are, which is on the right side of your screen. And if you click on comments, then you can post a comment and say hello if that's if you are there and uh, and stuff. And if you have a question for Eric or comment, you can leave it there. That would be kind of cool. So anyway, what what did, what did you write today? June under full moon. It was the year I was living in Monroe, in the woods, just a few year yards west of Woods Lake a small area for a small cabin. Some nights I slept in a tent. Some nights I slept at a buddy's abandoned house about two or three miles down the road. The property is miles north of Highway 2. It is mostly second growth cedars now. First growth was taken in the 60s, though there are some stumps left from a fire that was started by lightning, one of which a hundred yards or so from the build site had been hollowed out by time. Dirt floor, empty space of maybe a seven-foot diameter. The top, six so feet up, was shaped like a cave. I had placed a foldable chair and a small table there for sitting, of which I would do, do so often, listen to the rain dance on leaves or wind, play with branches, and an occasional deer would walk by and not even notice that I was sitting there with my cup of tea. It was an escape into this tree that I liked the best, there is something indescribable about being inside of a tree trunk unseen while you watch the birds and creatures. Something like a live action TV, I guess. Leaves, dirt, and rot. No one knows that you are there. It is a place that I can only imagine one can find there. They are truly separated from the world as dysfunctional hustle and bustle. We think of full moons as magical, beautiful, and mysterious. I guess we do so for its folklore. I will say the woods are different under full moons. Trees and paths are lit at night. You can walk and see your feet where you are going. You can see the subtle shades of green, browns, red. There are also shadows, shadows of differing grays and shapes. They move with the clouds that come between you and the moon. This accents the sounds of moving branches that the breeze or wind or small Creatures are busier, owls, coyotes, raccoons, and mice. It is their time. They take advantage of the moon and the deer are aware. 
This is where being in a hollowed out old growth cedar is a harbor. The breeze will enter, swirl inside its cave, give you the sense of the forest, exit with the sounds of the breeze or the wind of the branches of the leaves and the sounds of all. That's what I wrote this morning. That's very cool. That's very now. When you write that, when you sat down to yourself, itself, I feel like sitting down and writing. What's that feel like? Um, it feels like I need to sit down and write. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. And maybe you the question. <laughs> there's a. There's a. There's a. How, how do I answer this? There's like emotional need to fill a space and it's triggered by something and sometimes my emotional responses are triggered by a lifetime event for example uh, a dear friend of mine passed away oh, a couple of months ago and I was helping him through the process of transitioning as our friend uh, would describe it and there was a where he would have to choose to uh, spend his time on a hospital bed delivered into his living room and me uninitiated on exactly what that meant was rather crass in preparing that for him in not understanding that when you commit to the hospital bed, you're committing yourself to death, which means that you know you recognize your life is over. And another friend of mine pointed to me in a way that she didn't know that I was uh, being crass. She just pointed out, you know, what a what a move that is to take on a hospital bed that's been delivered into your living room. And as she was explaining it to me, it's how big of a step that was. And it crushed me uh, because this person meant so much to me in life that his signified a lot of death of uh, my past to me as well. So it was crushing and it took me, the only way I of it was to write something about it. And once I was able to write something about it, then I could actually emotionally move on and deal with uh, the world and what was coming next. And I hope that explains it because um, I don't have a better way to explain it. It's emotional need. And maybe that's why people like me write because we, we don't have another way. We don't, uh, we lack uh, maybe other ways to deal with the world in the way, in such the way that it is. Well, I think, you know, honestly, I think that's why all of us that follow our heart and follow our, pa follow our passion, that's what we do. Um, let me, let me tell you a story real quick. If I can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this goes back uh, to 2002. A friend of mine and I wanted to start some sort of a program, either a radio program or television program or whatever. We had an agenda. We had an idea of what we wanted to say, and we wanted to talk about uh, spirit, the other side. We wanted to uh, do a bunch of you know meditation, a bunch of things like that. And um, 
I was a district sales manager for a food company, and he was a special ed teacher. Neither of us had been in radio or worked in any of that for like ever. And I don't know what it was that decided us to do that. Well, we started doing it, and I fell in love with the medium. I fell in love with the project. I fell in love with the program. And I found out I can do this. It's okay. I, I can figure it out, and I can do it. And and um, so it became my life passion. It's like you figured out that you could write, and you figured out that you could write not too long ago. Yeah, it's pretty much this year, year and, ago and, now. Yeah. So when you decided, when you figured out that you could write, and it was emotionally satisfying for you, emotionally and spiritually satisfying for you, that's when you know that you are in the, as they say, in the flow and that you are moving forward the way that you are, the way your heart and the way your soul wants you to move. If when you're done writing, if you, if you, as an example, if you wrote that today and you were done writing it, and by the way, it was beautiful. Thank you. And you were done writing it and you said, oh, I don't know. That's not very good. I didn't have a very good time. It was a piece of crap, and I, I didn't. I, but if you felt enriched by it, if you felt your soul, if, if you felt good by doing it, uh, then that that is a that's a, a real big sign that that's what you are. That's that's in your flow. That's your passion. That's what you need to cultivate and you need to do more of because that's your contribution. You didn't even recognize you had that contribution until a year ago. And a lot of us don't when we're older. That's so correct. A lot of us don't get an opportunity to really find out what it is that uh, we're meant to do. Well, the way society works and the way that we are taught to work is you go to school, you get an education, you get a job, you get married, you get the picket fence, you get the kids, you get, and then, 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 when, then, then, then what? And then, you know, is it, is it con continuing to work? Is it continuing to, you know, you raise your kids, you do the, the you know, the parent-teacher thing. I was a scoutmaster. I was a coach and all that stuff. And you get them through that. But then what? When, you, when it gets to the point where they don't need you anymore and or your wife doesn't, <laughs> or your wife doesn't need you anymore. <laughs> in, 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 in those respects, then you got to figure out what in the hell are you going to do with the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. And what we need to do is get you a cameraman for the rest of your life. Yeah, so that I have a laptop stand that uh, just gave up the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> just gave up the ghost. So it was it, it was the amount that you it, were pounding on it earlier. It, its purpose in life has has found its uh, end. <laughs> It's now, it's now going to be something else. So, and by the way, I'm sorry for your loss for your for your friend. Thank you. I, Thank I know you. that's. I you know I lost my best friend from high school that we hadn't been close in a long time, but he passed away in the spring, and my brother, who we hadn't been close for in a long time, <laughs> passed away in the fall. So, uh, um, but he had the same experience as your friend, which was he was home, uh, he had stage four lung cancer. He went. He went through. Are you familiar with um, Elizabeth Keebler Ross? Elizabeth Kubler, Keebler, Kubler, Keebler, Kubler. Elizabeth no. Kubler. 
She has written many books, and I encourage anybody who's listening to this an hour down the road to pick those up. And she's written a book called The Five Stages of Grief. Oh, and the, okay. and the, five, the five stages of grief are what happens when something bad happens to us or when somebody else passes away. What are the stages? And they're, they're like uh, anger, denial, uh, 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 blame. There, there are five, and you can, you can just Google them online, and they'll come up, all five of them. And the last one is acceptance. Accepting your situation. And that's when they would get him the bed. Is when he was at the point when he accepted the fact that that will be the last bed that he'll have and that he's going to die within six months. <sighs> that's the acceptance you have to have for that. That is a huge moment, the amount of things that you have to give up at that point. And, you know, uh, my, my friend's situation was different than that. He uh, did not get an opportunity to make that choice, which is both good and bad, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he had a long period of transition coming to him, and I'm, but I'm happy that uh, he ended up not having to be a long transition. I'm glad that it was quicker for him. And I guess that's, hmm? You know, go ahead. And I, I guess that's really all I, I have to say about that. You know, you when somebody passed, you, and in his case, you know, he was a guy that uh, I hadn't been in touch with for over a decade, maybe a decade and a half, and I was really saddened because we talked a lot in that past uh we talked a lot in that uh seven or eight months of his life and wow we we shared information with each other we were great friends when he passed and that had special meaning to me as well but left a big hole in my heart because somebody uh, that good of a friend could have been a friend for quite a long time so you know you, you place it best as you can and, and you move on and you're just happy you had that time with them. And, uh, the way the world works, you know, in my mind anyway, uh, people run in circles. And I, I'm pretty sure that uh, somehow I'll have the privilege of running into him again. Oh, I, uh, duh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's no question about it. Yeah. From yeah. my from my framework, and, and I've done a lot of work with a lot of people over a lot of years that have talked <laughs> about death and dying and have been mediums and have talked to people on the other side. And I've got stories after story. I could fill you I could fill this hour plus plus three or four more just from stories that I've had of people that have talked to people on the other side, including my grandmother. My father, my other grandfather, I, I, through through mediums, and I can tell you that that he's alive, he's alive and doing well. He no longer has any pain. He sees right what on. you. He 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 responds to things that you need help with, and he's there for you because he was a good friend. <laughs> and it's important for you to recognize that that he didn't go anywhere he's still there for you it's and you can still talk to him you just have, it's just more subtle think of it like when you're in the writing process ask and tell you what <laughs> ask him, ask him, sorry ask him one day 
when you're in when you're sitting just at your uh, computer after you fix the uh, stand <laughs> yeah and you're just at your computer one day i want you to do this for me and i this is homework for next week uh, if you if you get into the mood between now and then i want you to sit at your computer i want you to think of your friend and then and say uh, how are you? And then type out whatever whatever happened. Whatever whatever words come to you, just type it out. Oh, interesting. Interesting. He was a technician. I think I'll do that when I ask him to I think I'll ask him to help me fix that uh, fix that goofy uh, thing that I just broke. Goofy <laughs> laptop thing. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but I so I, I can tell you that, that when I lose somebody, when somebody passes, they're not really dead. They're not gone. They're they're not going to hell. They're not they're not going to have a horrible time. It's not it's not a matter of first of all the transition. Generally speaking, your their transitions are a lot less painful than what we might think they might be, and they also are transitioning into something that is so much better than here that they are anxious to go and they're anxious to to return home because that's what they're doing. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? I like to think of it in that way. I can tell you that I, I can tell you for a fact. And of course, somebody's going to say, you cannot. And I said, well, okay, you, from your standpoint, you're right. But from my belief structure, it is not questionable. It is an absolute fact that awesome. uh, he, he's around you. He cares about you. He is happy that you were with him when all the way to the end, he supports you in that. And, and, uh, and he's very thankful that you were there to support him. Uh, that I can guarantee you. And he's having a great time. Whatever he's doing. I hope so. I hope so. He deserves the best. And he's I'll tell you kind of... one thing that you get to look forward to many, 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 did I say many years from now, is that when it's time for you to transition, he'll be there waiting for you. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I can guarantee it. I can guarantee as many as many near death studies as I've looked at, as many uh, people that have uh, that uh, mediums and 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 folks that have talked to mediums and books that have been written and stuff. I can I can virtually guarantee you that's what happened. Huh. And, and that the, you you will you will be full in in all of the. You meet so many people and you're nice to so many people. You're gonna have a big ass party up there. <laughs> I will look forward to that. <laughs> that's, our, that's our conversation for that. Well, now I got something to look forward to. Exactly, and it's, it's well, you know, I told that to my brother. <laughs> I told that to my brother because it um, called me on a Monday. He'd been he'd been sick for quite some time. Um, called me on a Monday. His his um, um, girlfriend slash roommate slash female that happened to be living with him at the time called me and said uh, um, <clears throat> he wants to talk to you. He had a very bad weekend, and he thinks he's going to die today. Well, he didn't die that day. He died three days later, but, but that's when he had reached the point of acceptance. <clears throat> I'm accepting my fate. I understand that God's going to take me home, and um, and he and I had the best exchange we had and have had in the last 30 years in that three minutes that we talked that day, because 
he accepted the fact that that he was going on and that and that he accepted what he had done to me and what I'd done to him and and we got through all of that in a very short period of time wow that's amazing and it and it was by phone because I'm over here and COVID and he's over in Eastern Washington and COVID and there were forest fires and all that kind of good stuff over there so we couldn't get there but uh, um, so all of that all that transpired really very quickly and uh, um, but and it was important it was important just like just like your you do you think <clears throat> I'm gonna get on my soapbox here do you think that you coming into his life after being away for 15 years for the last eight years do you think that was some sort of uh, uh, coincidence oh absolutely not absolutely not see you know I know things line up the way they do for a reason you know and and I'm with you about uh, you know death death causes an intimacy or open to do it. Uh, my best moments with my mom were during her transitions. You yeah. know, my my mom and I were always, you know, and we always had a good relationship. But uh, we were never really the kind that uh, shared our emotional states or talked, you know, with any kind of. It was a lot of small talk, and but in her last days, man, we shared everything, and. Uh, it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. And I think that's the purpose of death, you know, for those of us that to share more deeply, uh, times like that are necessary for us to reach our souls the best we can. We know what's interesting about that too, uh, Eric, is that um, if we chose, and it's a conscious choice, if we chose to drop all the pretense all the well if i take to talk to him about this now what's next thanksgiving going to look like or if you if we could drop the pretense and be totally honest and above board with everybody at because sometimes it takes the fact that we're about to die that then we can be honest and say you know by the way son i love you but you've been an asshole your whole life and you don't say that until you know, <laughs> Or you say, <laughs> I, I treat, I've been, I've loved you. I've treated you wrong. You know, you don't, you don't say those heartfelt real things until it's at the very end. That's so true. So true. That's, you know, that's, that's why Festivus almost got off the ground. <laughs> that's why there were Festivus poles being purchased across and, you know, almost made it as a holiday. And that's uh, why the Betazoid became popular for a few years. Are you familiar with the Betazoid wedding? I have not got any idea what you're talking about. Right now. <laughs> Are you a Star Trek fan? Uh, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Well, you know uh, Deanna Troy? Yes. From, yes, uh, Next Generation Betazoid. And uh, in her culture, they have weddings that they, they hold naked. Oh, I, I saw that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, on, the, on the surface, you know, it's kind of funny. And, you know, you, you got to think about Picard wanting to go to the gym before he get, goes to the wedding. <laughs> and you think about Worf, you know. But uh, the purpose of that is that, uh, you know, it's expression of true honesty of yourself that you're presenting to your partners and the family and, and, and the world. So there's something, you know, very aggressive about that nudity. And Festivus... As funny as damn funny that is, you know, it's it's a good nature 
purposeful funny because there's some truth behind why it works yeah you know feats of strength you could throw out the window but uh yeah but telling people why you have you know fits of anger with them can be meanly rather than pass the damn gravy (laughs) (laughs) so so explain to me again what what, the festivus what, what what is that oh festivus from seinfeld Okay, so, so no, I didn't watch Seinfeld as much as I watched Star Trek. So, oh, well, you know, Seinfeld. Now, I know you're familiar with George Costanza, oh, sure. and oh, yeah. th- his father, up uh, with who's just a grouchy, grouchy guy, and he and his mom, uh, Mrs. Costanza, and, and Mr. Costanza are always fighting, they're all each other, you know, one of those couples that love to fight, and he came up with uh, the holiday because he was done with Christmas Festivus for the rest, <laughs> and it had <laughs> and it had all the rules of which I couldn't tell you all, but but it had things like you know you have grievances that you talk about, you have feats of strength that uh, you perform, and uh, you share things with uh, people that you wanted to get off your chest and. Uh, you go through all these things that are just about get it out there and to have George's father talk about it is funnier than you know I ever could because it's freaking hilarious but there's some reality to it and it's been a joke ever since this came on the air and it was probably man I don't know when was Seinfeld 90s yeah yeah the 2000s there, there were some, fa- and there was a poll. Instead of Christmas, there was a poll that they used, and there was a significant poll, and I can't remember what it was because it wasn't a May poll that you had to decorate or twirl with uh, strands of something, but you used it, and there was some polls being sold, and people were buying them, and I think there was even a date. And if somebody out there that might be listening remembers when the date of Festivus is, you know, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> you know, if you, I don't want to offend anybody that's a Christian because, you know, God love you. Christmas, that's one of those holidays that is, uh, has lots of layers of muck on it. Because as beautiful it is trying to celebrate the birth of the Savior, that's not really his birth date. That's uh, got a of, you know, paganism and Roman this and, you know, pagan that and a little bit of America on it, a little bit of Europe on it, a little bit of shamans. And, you know, in fact, uh, Santa Claus, the original Santa Claus came from the the high from a shaman, from from a mushroom that only grows under a pine tree that's been urinated on by a rain. So just in that specific spot. And it looks like a Santa Claus mushroom, you know, the red and the white spots. So it's a very specific mushroom, and you can get a great buzz on it. <laughs> See these flying reindeer. And that's, you know, that was the birth of Santa Claus, that you know, so many eons ago. So, you know, it's got all these great stories purpose to it but let's face it it's a little mucky as far as exact and uh that's what's great about festivus right to the point <laughs> well, <laughs> and, 
And and Seinfeld is is known for so many of those things, like like no more scoop for you, get out. Um, you know, and, <laughs> the soup Nazi, and 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 it was it was a great show about about nothing, but it always had, if you think about it, uh, Larry David, who who wrote it along with uh, uh, um, um, Seinfeld and, and the others, um, they always had a point. They always had a really good point as to why what they were thinking about when they did it. And some of them were like, we're talking about nothing. But we, they never were talking about nothing. It was no. always about what was going on in life and the, and the basics of, of things that are, were happening in their lives. It was, it was pretty, it, it, pretty remarkably written. I think so, too. I think you so, too. That. Well, wouldn't that be nice? I think you and I, I in fact, uh, I, I did an outline of two bus drivers sitting. Did you get <laughs> did a chance you know? to read that? I did not. Did you send it to uh, me? I sent it to yeah, two bus drivers sitting, oh, where shit. you and I are sitting at at the, and we're waiting to we're bus driver, and we're talking about our experiences, what it's like to drive out there, and the reason why it works uh, in my mind sitting at the base is because it opens us up to you know announcements that are coming out overhead. We have other bus drivers that come in. Uh, that you know says something and uh, this and that, so it's got a little bit of variety to it. And I, it, I like it that. Work. huh? And I like that for those for those that are are not <clears throat> intimately aware with the uh, bus driver lifestyle. What generally will happen is is see in in bus driver land. If you're 59 seconds, now it's a minute 59, but it was 59 seconds late and you lose your shift or you get written up or you have to go. Like one time I was, I might have, I was close. So I called in and, uh, and they said, well, you better get here or I'm going to have to cancel your work and then I'm going to assign you new work. And then, and this was at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And she said that, and that work doesn't start till 1130 tonight. Ooh. So I hustled my ass, got to work in on time, and made it. She was very upset because I made it because that left the night. We call it night owl pieces that are over and over all night, and that left that piece of work open. But but so what we do, we make sure we get to work on time, and then we are generally are 15, 20 minutes early. And there's a group of chairs over by the coffee machine and where the uh, some of the snacks are and stuff. They call it the bullpen, and so we sit there and we create. Uh, dialogue as to what happened in our life in the last 24 hours, because you have to, when you're a bus driver, you have to decompress. You can't hold it in as, as uh, um, um, Eric will tell you, you can't hold it in because it just drives you crazy. If you do. Oh yeah. No, you, you need, you need the fellow other drivers, man. People are probably walking down the street would never talk to each other. <laughs> They're sitting next really to another there. driver. They're they're gonna talk, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because nobody understands us, you know. You, you know, you have friends, I have friends, I have family. My my kids have been with me every step of the way for the last eleven years as I've been driving a bus. They cannot. There is no way that you can convey to somebody who hasn't experienced it what you just experienced. No, there isn't. There's just no. There is just no way. A taxi driver, maybe, but those people pay to be in those cars. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, currently, now I understand, I don't know what the verb is, but somehow we've been 
the bus uh, metro has been designated a part of social services. We're now the so, safety. What's that? We're now part of the safety net. Right, right. So people that come on, you know, they're not going to chase off. No, 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 no. They stopped doing that a while ago. A they while ago. Yeah, yeah. So we get subjected to a lot of stuff. And um, even our even our uh, train stations, in fact, they rode an elevator with a civilian last week. And as we entered the elevator, just he and I, who was an older gentleman, well, about my age. And there was a bottle of urine in the middle of the elevator. And we just took, you know, stood on each side of the elevator and we looked at it he looked at me as well i've seen worse and said, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i bet you have and so have i and there was a security guard that was uh that met us at the other end of the elevator ride and he said hey you know somebody couldn't wait till they got to a restroom I said i'll take care of it i've seen worse and said, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what the sad part is is that and the kids like in the tunnel and in various places they put restrooms they don't put restrooms for that very reason they don't want anybody to get you know to to die in the restroom of a drug overdose because they're 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 doing you know the funny thing is down at have you driven down at uh, um and laid over at the convention place day or convention center yes have you About gone to the 150 oh yes have you gone to the men's room there um no okay I oh this- yeah in the convent yes the half bathroom door with the half doors yes about two and a half feet up at about two and a half feet down yes and yes oh so, so when as you're standing there if you go into the stall and then you close the door to the stall then, then and you look to your left which is normally is where a wall would be there is no wall there there's a a, a square hole that goes down on to uh, almost to where the toilet uh, um, uh, wrappers are, and so that they can keep an eye on everybody that's in the stall to make sure they're not doing anything illegal or nefarious in there. But it's like that's way too much uh, uh, openness for me. I'm afraid I would not be able to go uh, hang out there. Sharing you know. is caring, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing his carry bed. I saw a picture today of a love seat sized toilet that somehow is on the market. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, two, two holes? Oh, I think for three or four. I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, it's three or four feet, three or four sized. It's 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 wide. I don't know what country they're selling. They're using this in, and who would do that? I don't even be, know. Japan no, is no, I ain't doing that. No, <laughs> I'm doing that. Funny, funny bus driver story. I have to tell you real quick. Um, uh, for for a period of time, I had to uh, uh, drive in the mornings. And when you drive a bus in the mornings, you generally have to get up at three fifteen, three thirty, three forty-five, somewhere in there. You have to be at work between four and five generally, because most buses take off at about that point. And, and so consequently, if you were, if, especially if it is not your regular work, and so you can't um, um, do things that make you, you know, like in the regular course of your day, you eat at a certain time, you prepare to go to bed at a certain time, that's that sort of thing. So if you get your schedule screwed up, 
and and you are uh, going to your layoff point. Now we have uh, uh, layoff points where where you you drive the bus to this point, and then that's where you're going to start your trip from after you leave the base. And sometimes between leaving the base and getting to your layoff point. There's a certain rumbling that can happen if you had dinner at too late of a period of time. And so suddenly you are interested in finding a place because you're going to have to find a place sooner rather than later. And so <laughs> this one morning, this one morning I go to, and it's, it's down in the Rainier Valley. And uh, they, they have a comfort station there. And the comfort station's nice. It's, it's got a door and it's got you know ventilators and it's got lights and stuff and it's got heat and so you can go use the comfort station in this particular case i had to use the comfort station quickly because apparently the burrito i had for dinner wasn't sitting well oh. and uh oh. so i i go and do that and and then i'm feeling better and i get back on my bus and i start to take I start my my bus starts to take off and I go into the lane of traffic and I go start to go by the comfort station and there was a a, a, a metro bus driver standing there holding the door open. <laughs> did you honk? No, <laughs> no I, I did. I didn't have. I didn't say that's me. Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 but I wasn't going to go there. So, but Was there a me? TCC message? Attention, driver. <laughs> Please yeah, open they, door before you enter. Comfort the comfort station. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you, did you hear about the, uh, and it's, it's all over the internet, uh, but I don't, I don't know if you've heard about this one. It was the, um, a bomb threat was, was called in at the Home Depot. Did you hear oh about yes! <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell that one. That one's hilarious. <laughs> I dropped the bomb. <laughs> the, 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 the news reporter said there was a there was a bomb an apparent bomb threat at the Home Depot today, <laughs> and because somebody said that, that somebody else had said that there was a bomb in the men's room. And they found the guy that talked about that, and he said, well, no, that wasn't it. it what it was was I walked in there and said, I'm about to blow up this place. You don't want to leave. <laughs> See, <laughs> the subtleties of language, man. <laughs> exactly. So so everybody was like, he's going to blow it up? Does that mean it's like a bomb in it? Arrest that guy. <laughs> No, man, I'm going to sit down and blow this place to hell. Nobody's going to come in here for a while. <laughs> he finds himself arrested. Be on his deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, fortunately, I think he, I think he was, uh, he reminded, listening to that story reminded me of, uh, what's his name? The, the um, get her done guy. Oh, uh, cable guy. Larry Cable, Larry Cable Guy. Yeah. See, now, that's the kind of thing that Larry Cable Guy would say <laughs> in front of 4,000 people in an auditorium. Yeah, well, when in, <laughs> well, he did say one time, he said, you know, I think when they when they put the toilet in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Home Depot, they need to put for display only. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, oh come on. Be honest. Tell me you attempted at least once. <laughs> exactly. Bathroom humor. <laughs> we, as bus drivers, we just, so we would sit around and talk about stuff like, about that and funny stories and things that, had, that happened to us. Not, I wouldn't tell them the story of, of the other bus driver having to open the door to the, to the men's room because then I would be outed and he, he would probably, yeah. you know, want me written up. But, That's uh, the kind of thing you keep to yourself, but you can share all else, you know. I actually was driving down 12th. I was doing Route 60, and there was a, by the Native Health uh, Center, and there is a homeless community there in tents. And this woman, and it was probably 6 a.m., and I pulled up. People were boarding, and this woman got out of her tent and walked right in front of my bus, maybe 14, 15 feet in front, and was facing, so her back was to me, and dropped her pants, squatted, and she did both one and two in front of me. Didn't clean herself up, put back on her pants, and then went back on her tent. Holy crap. Right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just it's it's a rude awakening man it's a rude awakening and this is how these people live that's why public toilets have uh, become such an issue because protocols on those uh precarious you don't know what people are going to do with them it's 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 a hard decision it's it's a hard to understand what we live in, I see it's beyond me that somebody could ju just do that and, and drop her drawer, but, and, and, and then without any, anything to clean herself up and all that, it's like, that's, that's just amazing. But we live in a time when there are people that, that that's how they live. And as a bus driver, you get to see it all. That's how we start our day. That's the start of the day. Yeah, and then you get to have that for the entire rest of the day and, and, and stuff, and it, it, it can be tough. That's, but that's why I agree with you. What we need to do is we need to put together a thing about, about being in the bullpen of the, uh, of the, um, of the, uh, of the, of the base so that you can have people coming and going. And I've always thought that, that uh, having uh, a show built around the window and that whole area right there would be would be really interesting because what happens at the window i mean you could have all kinds of things that are going from there to the chiefs back to the end and then the bullpen and the people and the and the stuff it, it would be i think that would be very funny oh i think you're right the people there are fascinating you know and the drivers there's a misconception out there about the drivers most of the drivers are like you and i you know, it might be our second or third career. We're choosing to do this because it's a slower pace than what we did before. There are a lot of, there's, a, man, there's ex-professors, ex, uh, ex uh, well, there's musicians and there are writers. There's artists that do this. There's uh, people of all walks of life are, are there's a, a there's a guy that I met, he's a minister, yeah. you know, that the drives, you know, there's all these people that have these fascinating, you know, other lives going on. Oh, and I, I talked to this other guy that uh, he, oh, what is that car? 
gosh, he's, oh, man, the, the name of the car just, uh, uh, Citron. Citron. Oh, he's big yeah. into Citrons. And are you familiar with Citron cars? Aren't These those? Cars? No, I'm not, I'm not familiar, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, they're very uniquely engineered. They're known as the best riding vehicle manufactured. In fact, they're so well, they're uh, riding that uh, Rolls-Royce uses their, um, uses some of their systems to achieve that comfortable ride that they get. And they were doing this when nobody else was doing this stuff. And they were doing it in an affordable way. And these were coming to invade France. Uh, Citroën took their concerts that were probably 20 years ahead of the game. And they stored their vehicles at the top of this villa in, you know, the top floor of this villa. I don't know how the hell they got them up there. And it was in the middle of this forest and somehow these vehicles survived and the Nazis never got them because they know that if the Nazis got these Citroens, these cars were better made and as affordably made as a VW. <clears throat> and if the Nazis got these, it would have changed the war because the Nazis would have been driving Citroens rather than the VW bugs or those VW uh, military vehicles that they were driving which were, you know, fine. They were good vehicles. But the Citroens were so far superior that it, it would have put us at a disadvantage in a lot of ways. It would have changed the war effort. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a real history of, of car. What's this? So this is one a driver that he's got one that that drives for us? He's got 30-some of these. Oh, my. Cars, and he's a mechanic that... He's from Germany, and he fell in love with these cars. And because of Germany's laws that they were passing, it became more difficult to own classic vehicles because Germany is so much farther ahead in their environmental laws that he decided to move to the United States because we're not. And we love our – we're a car culture here. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not all that sophisticated here. <laughs> and we're always going to be a car culture. He knew – his wife could live here and follow through with his uh, love of citrons and pretty soon he's got uh, 30 of them and he's known around the world as a great citron mechanic and he goes to australia every year except for this year because of covid and they do this cross-country rally with you know a hundred of citron 70 to 100 citrons that go across uh, this of australia from citron drivers around the world from you know, 1930-some Citroens to current Citroens. It's fascinating. This is a dude that drives a bus and very unique, uh, very unique area of expertise and very successful at it. We have got, a, a, there are a lot of guys that are, are like that. And there's some that, are, that have been, there's some that have been driving a bus for 30 years and they've been driving 50 hours a week for 30 years. I don't know how they do that, but they're, but they're, it takes a certain mindset to be able to to deal with the the people and and on on an ongoing basis. I am I am so glad I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm so glad that I'm done doing that because I I would prefer to talk to you and and stuff and and for us to have a good time and 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 things. So it was it's much better for me to do that. I hear so, you, buddy. I hear you. 
I hear so, you. I, I enjoy it still. I can see at some point I'll be done with it. But I, I truly enjoy it. You know, as offensive as it is to watch uh, a homeless woman in her 40s uh, cater bladder about 12, 15 feet from me, I still enjoy, you know, the larger part of my day. Oh, yeah. Well, and see, you're a people guy, too. You enjoy watching people. I enjoy watching people, yeah. You can't enjoy, you can't watch people any better than you can from the seat of a bus. It's hard to match it. It's hard to match it. It's a, it's a wonderful study of human nature. That's for damn sure. Man, if uh, God wanted to get in touch with, uh, if God wanted to find a, if an alien wanted to figure out what's really going on with the human race, they would uh, get onto a bus watch or they would you know impersonate a, a driver get a job and do that for a couple of years and then get on the phone and say eep, 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 get, 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 get. <laughs> <laughs> phone home take it to our home yeah let me, let me out of this place let me out of this place so uh well you know i i'll i'll look find that that outline you did and maybe next week we can sit down and we can pretend like we're sitting in a bus well, we, we can do a pretend like we're sitting in a bus um, in the bullpen and uh, we all we need is one line each to start the conversation and then we'll go from there. That sounds great. And, that sounds and, great. I sent it by a messenger. Okay. I, I, I've been so silly. Busy. I know, man. I call you the marathon man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I absolutely love what I do. And, I uh, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this is the end of this. Like this interview I did this morning at, at seven o'clock in the morning, my time, uh, was really phenomenal. And she is just, she is just something. As a matter of fact, I'm toying with the idea of, of taking out my ending and replacing it with this song. Uh, that, uh, that if, if, she, if, she give me, if she'll give me the rights to it, uh, to be able to do that. Um, how cool it, would that be? That would uh, yeah. So it's it's just it's just phenomenal. So for the people that are listening, by the way, this is Eric Hall. He's a he's a great man, and he's a writer, and and uh, we're, we we always have fun on Wednesdays with uh, Transit Transient. That's who he is. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to be, you can be anything you want to be. This is America, damn it. And yeah. so we we all have fun with it and, and stuff. But he's he's I I just love this. I just this is it's gone by. It's been an hour. I can't believe it. It goes by so fast. I feel like we're just getting started, man. It's it's just uh, it amazes me. It goes so quick. We could do two or three hours of this easily, but then everybody else would fall asleep probably. Yeah, probably. Anyway, so but Eric, it's been great having you here again. Next week, let's play with that, and we'll do it Looking live. Forward to that. I'm yeah, looking we'll forward to that. That'll be fun. And uh, Monday night, I've got that uh, theater performance at Marsh Stream. Then I that, tell the story. Yep. That's right. And so how does somebody find you there? Uh, I'll post a link on Transit Transients, but it will be 7.30 p.m. Uh, MarshStreamTheater.org. You can uh, type in Marsh Stream Theater, or you can go to YouTube and type in Marsh Stream and you'll see live uh, Marsh stream and uh, catch me there. YouTube is a great place. I, I, you know, but both will pay off and Marsh, 
Marsh Theater is a terrific place to hang out and, and find interesting topics and uh, stories and what have you. And I really do mean what have you. Because like your show, the podcast, they cover the full gamut, large range of items and interesting It's just a terrific, uh, terrific place to find some good entertainment, some meaningful things to ponder. Exactly. Well, see, all I depend on are people like you who can come here and kind of guide my, my silly ass through it. Cause that's, that's, I just, I just enjoy talking to you guys. And, and some of you like you have an, an incredible talent and uh, I'm anxious to see that come to fruition and for you to be a best selling author. That's what I might. Thank my, you. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of best-selling things, um, I had a, I had the opportunity to to uh, um, interview a gal by the name of Fia, and she's from Sweden. She is a dynamic twenty-six-year-old singer-songwriter. And what I'm about to play for you now, and and Eric, if you if you want to hang up, you can. Uh, but I wanted to to put this out here so that more people can get a sense of who she is. And Good. is that on with you? Oh, yeah, I'm listening, man. I want to hear this. Okay, and this this song is called Love is Love. The way we love is a bit unusual. Some people say it can't be possible. To live a life in unity Committed to each other while still remaining free Just because we're different in the way our energy moves Doesn't mean we have to give up our truth Love is love no matter what color and form Nothing better than being met In my fullest expression I'm safe to be myself There's no need to compromise When I'm in my power Everything aligns Just because we're different In the way our energy moves doesn't mean we have to give up our truth Love is love no matter what color and form All are equally beautiful Just because we're different in the way our energy moves 
we have to give up our truth. Love is love no matter what color and form. All are equally beautiful. That is Fia. She's from Sweden. I had the opportunity to inter- in- interview her this morning. She is going to be something. I'm telling you, when COVID is over, she's going to hit the ground running. And, and uh, well, Susan even said phenomenal song. Um, and this is the first time she's heard it. And the lyrics are just are wonderful. That That is everything that is about what I do on this show is in that song. Most certainly. Most certainly. It's just a beautiful, beautiful concept. Yeah. So, I, so go ahead. Love to hear more of her work. Love to hear more of her work. Well, I got, I got all three albums. You got some time. Well, it's just, well you know, right. the interesting thing was, um, generally speaking, because I've had a little bit of experience doing musical shows, because I did uh, for 10 months, I did two hours, four days a week. Uh, at nighttime on K, I haven't told you about this. Nighttime on KKNW from all, from ten to to midnight and featured local um, mu- musical talent. Oh, so cool. a lot of the bands that were in stuff from from the local area, and wow. uh, so I got I got good at at putting together a format so that I could do musical guests and do them fairly well. And so I was looking for through her catalog of songs, which is about thirty six songs. Um, on the three albums and I was having a really, really hard time making a decision as to what I was going to pull and play Amazing. because there's so many of them are good. So many of them are inspiring. And so I highly encourage you to, to, if you have an opportunity, I'm going to be doing, hopefully be doing more work with it. If I didn't, it's, it's one of those things, Eric, I have to tell you, it's one of those things that it's like, I want to do more work with her, but if she thinks I suck, I'll never get to do anything. No, I think it was obvious she enjoyed her time with you. She did. Um, fortunately, fortunately, she she apparently she doesn't. You know, never mind. I'm not going to go there. But she, yeah. no, we enjoyed our time. She had it was it was fun and and stuff. So, um, the song title is "Love Is Love," um, and I, I'm, I'm going to go out with an. I'm I'm just so hot, 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 hot for this for this girl because she is just so talented. I wish I just wish that more people could know of her because Cheryl Crow. That's who I was thinking. Cheryl of. Crow. That's it. Yep. Cheryl Crow. She's a storyteller like Cheryl Crow is. Um, she is uh, a, a songwriter in like Dolly Parton is. Did you know um, Dolly Parton? wrote the song that uh, um, was in the uh, uh, Kevin Costner, The Bodyguard. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She, I the, Will the, Always Love You. Yes, she wrote that. Yeah, yeah uh, she for back in the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. until 
Whitney Houston put her pipes on it, that it, it, it really reached his, it's, you know, his glory day. But, but I mean, so Dolly Parton was a hell of a songwriter herself. Oh so, yeah, definitely. You know, I love so. Dolly Parton, man. I, I could go on for days about Dolly Parton. She's what an amazing. A, yeah. What an amazing woman. I got to see her in person once I was standing about as close to her as I was that mirror behind me one day. It was a really? terrific day. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I was in Tennessee. In fact, I was at Dollywood, and she has an apartment, a condo in Dollywood, and she was walking to her place as I was walking by. You know, I waved, and she waved back. Hi, darling. Yeah, she's a little girl, isn't she? She's short? Yeah, she's tiny. You know, I mean, you, you'd think she's like a one of those, uh, what do they call it, puppets? You know, yeah. and yeah, she's, she's had a little work done. So you could see, you know, something like that going on. You know, what a what an amazing, amazing woman. What an inspiration and what a you know, she she's she's how people should be. If model our lives after it's uh, Dolly Parton, in my opinion. One of the many people, Dolly Parton. Oh, exactly. And then, then that's why I say see, I, I really think that people like Dolly Parton and uh and uh, the others that we've mentioned i her name went to just right went right back out of my head i understand that that's you know like the final thing of alzheimer's where you have, and it just kind of goes zip it's gone and there it was and that's it, i even said it to you and now i can't remember what i said what were we talking about cheryl, cheryl crow yes hey you're no better than me you forgot yeah. too so, uh, um, but, but all of these women, I believe in some manner, well, yeah, all right. We're all touched by God. We all have got gifts that God gave us to run our lives with. I just happen to wish I, my gifts were different and I could sing and I could write songs, neither of which I can do, um, was to play in front of an audience, but I do what I do. You do what you do. And we all do what we can, uh, the, the, what our gifts are. And we all have gifts, every one of us. And we need to take that into an account. When we think that we're not worth shit, that's not true. We're worth as much as everybody else on the planet. So That's there. right. We <laughs> choose our lives for a reason. That's that's right. And Susan just said that she just welcomed me to the CRS club. So I'm glad <laughs> to be I'm glad CRS. to be in, Yeah, can't wait for shit. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. It, was, it was great fun so anyway we've exceeded our time limits and i have to let you go have the rest of your sunny day off all right marathon man enjoy yourself let's let's get together during the week and kind of flesh out this deal because i think this could be a great deal of fun i i do too i'm looking forward to it kevin i'll even wear my metro hat while we're Ooh, ooh okay that I got sounds several, good i got several of them that have never been worn <laughs> oh my god okay because my career ended rather suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to work on Saturday and finished my shift. I moved all day Sunday, moved all day Monday. And then on Tuesday, I had <laughs> in my car, I had one lamp that I was going to move. This is, this is how destined this was. One lamp I was going to bring into the house and put in my bedroom because that was the one that I had by my bedside. And, uh, and so... I was all I had in my hand, one friggin' lamp, and I fell, and uh, I tried to catch the lamp, and and somehow it it it, it tore my uh, rotator cuff, and that was the last day I worked. 
was the previous Saturday. And I had to call in sick that day because I couldn't move my arm. And my sister had to come take me to the emergency room and all that stuff. So that's how fast. That's how fast your life can change. So that's horrible, man. That's that's the wrong way to become enlightened. Yeah, but I got I got enlightened because that allowed me to do that this. Didn't work. I was thinking about the lamp. And, yeah, oh, oh forget I said it. Forget I said it. Hold on, hold on. There thank you go. Thank you. <laughs> so, and Swing it a miss. Strike. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, that's a little bit outside. So. Uh, I would like everybody to thank Eric Hall. Thank you, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you. And and we'll just throw one out there to Susan Snyder as well. Thank you, Susan. She's she's very much a uh, becoming a integral part of what we do here. So and, and thank she, you, Paulette. Yeah, Paulette had to go, but she she oh. says she loves you. So. So you have yourself. So, Eric Hall, thank you very much for being thank here. Thank you, Kevin. It's been My great pleasure. fun. It has been. Thank you. And we'll see you next Sunday or next okay. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Whatever day it is, we'll see you then. All right, dude. <laughs> Take care, man. You too. <laughs> hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.